Look, I'm a big believer that experience teaches. My goal with this show is to have guests to share their experience so that they can tell you what it's like, what they did right and what they did wrong. And I'm going to share the same. Look, I'm not trying to regurgitate stuff you can find on the internet. I'm going to tell you how it really is and what it's really like to own your own place. This is the National Restaurant Owners Podcast with your host, Kyle and Sarah. Tap the Table is the world's fastest online ordering platform. Sell your food, merch, and event tickets fast and frictionlessly on the most popular social media channels, including Facebook and Instagram. Converting comments into customers is what made Tap the Table famous in the F&B tech space. Tap the Table allows your restaurant to automatically convert the comments you get on social media into cash. Build your list and own your data. With Tap the Table, your supercharged social media will automatically begin working for you by building your own list and allowing you to own your own data. Automatically build that list through direct sales on social media and even through third-party delivery services like Uber Eats and DoorDash. For a risk-free 60-day trial, DM me TTT for a special promo code today. I'm going to keep it real with you guys. A lot of you need a new website. A lot of you. And by a lot, I mean most of you need a new website, which is why I partnered with Bento Box to help you do just that. They provide uh, a full-service setup that brings agency-level design online in days at a fraction of the cost. And just because you're a listener of this show, you can also receive 50% off your setup fees by clicking the link in my bio and entering the code FOU6 in the how did you hear about Bento Box section. Again, that's code FOU6, Bento Box, own your presence, own your profits, own your relationships. All right, guys, welcome back to the National Restaurant Owners Podcast. And I am joined by Tiffany Helton from the online. She's the founder, sorry founder of the online restaurant economy you're just from it you founded this thing uh the online restaurant academy you may know her as restaurant chick on instagram um out in fort collins colorado thank you for taking the time to join me today thank you so much for having me and i'm going to correct you real quick because it's co-founder co-founder oh shit i just had a partnership to speak right off the bat i know it's like we gotta start over all (laughs) (laughs) no do-overs no retakes yeah so that's that's an important thing because I'm goddamn. I remember my partner used to get so pissed off about like, no, I'm the chef. Okay, you're the chef today. Yeah. Or, you know, like in this interview, we were co-chefs, which makes it even worse. Mm-hmm. Um, so who's the other founder? Lauren Storby. Okay. She's also another restaurant, a local restaurant owner in town. So we paired up and partnered up together. Two female strong restaurant owners. Boom. Man, man so what is that like? Because I know there's so much, so many egos in a restaurant, and I know one of them can be a little bit male dominated. How did how is that received? Um, it's interesting because this is a male-dominated world that mm-hmm. we live in, right? This restaurant industry. And I think if you just try not to focus on that, right? And She's super strong and she has an entrepreneurial spirit like I do. And we just don't let that hold us back. Mm-hmm. And actually, I have a male partner in my restaurants and I have a female partner in this online restaurant academy. And it, the dynamics are totally different. And, yeah. you know, working with them has actually both been a very positive, both positive experiences for me. But working with a female, it's just a little bit easier. It mm. just is. I don't know. We just understand each other, you know. I tell you, I, I always was a fan of um, women as in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. They were just, to me, were more organized, more. They just got it faster. They were more communicative, like, hey, I'm running late or never had any of those kind of issues. Um, but how do you guys 
how do you guys divide your roles like the, on the consulting side? You know, we've just kind of figured it out. I mean, mm. she is, um, she actually taught me how to do reels and the social media marketing uh, piece of it, which, you know, I understand restaurants and I'm sure we'll get into this in a little bit. And I was doing some consulting already, but that was in-person consulting. And I had to learn the social media aspect. And she is wonderful. She also has a fashion background. So she understands like graphic design. And mm. so that's really kind of her forte is like the marketing piece of it. And she also has this wonderful experience now being a restaurant owner. So she brings all that to the table. And for me, I would say I'm more like systems focused. I have a lot of experience in the restaurant industry, um, kind of more of like a, I guess, like straightforward thinking mind. Like I'm not as creative as she is. Mm -hmm. We bring these like different skill sets to help our clients out. And I just feel like it's just such great pieces of this restaurant pie. Yeah, so you so you would go into an operation and kind of like I want to see the numbers. I want to see how things are going and she's more like big picture design with vibe kind of feel, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and you know we've both kind of, you know, as an entrepreneur and a restaurant owner, you you're a creative person by nature, right? Whether that's food, it's menus. I mean, you have to have that in you. Oh, yeah. But what we realized in part of this online restaurant academy is that you have to be a business person to make this work. Like you have to understand your numbers and all these clients that we've been working with over the years. The first thing we ask them if they're in business is let's see your PL. Yeah. Let's go through this thing because I promise you, even if you're doing well and that money's coming in and say your sales are great, it doesn't mean you're, you're a profitable, healthy oh, restaurant. No. Yeah. Yeah. I know that. I remember, um, so when we started out with the restaurant, my partner was like, I don't know anything about this stuff. I don't really want to know about it. Just tell me what I need to do. And then he was like, I want to get involved. I want to know how to do it. And that was like, it had to be five years in. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, dude, come on, man. Like you, you like, this is, you can't even, you've been masking around here. And this was, this was part of our problem is he didn't understand the numbers. He didn't yeah. understand that. Like it's, he was, he was the, the, the avatar client that I was talking about before we got on the air was, he wants to know what to do, but then you tell him what to do. And like, you got to fire what's his face or you got to cut these hours back. I can't do that. Okay. Well then <laughs> let's just stay here where we are. It's, it's and crazy. It's, and it's funny. If you have a good location in your restaurant, the sales are coming in, right. And your do your food's great. And your service is great. It masks a lot of problems, oh, right? Yep. You know, you have a multi-million dollar restaurant. It's coming in, and sometimes you don't even realize like how you're being wasteful or how you can tighten up. And it's it's very very common in our industry. And it's also, I mean, people always say like, "What's the number one reason restaurants go to business?" And I always say that it's ego because they're doing things like that. They're they're not willing to look at um what's happening in their restaurant to say, "Damn, I fucked that up." I, this is my mistake. I should have done that. They're they're just looking at everybody else like it's somebody else's problem. And um, I have to say that that is I would put that that umbrella over over almost any restaurant because yeah, winning fixes everything, right? And then when the pandemic hits and you realize like, wow, I've been taking too much of a salary or whatever. Yeah, you see what happened happened. Yeah, the great reckoning came oh, <laughs> down on us. So what do you? When did you? Or have you seen? since the pandemic, an increase in business, more restaurant owners reaching out or how, how has that affected your business at all? Uh, well, so I actively own and work in my restaurant full-time. So this is just the online restaurant academy is strictly a part-time. I call it a fun thing. Consulting <laughs> for me is fun. Um, but when the pandemic came down, I mean, nobody knew what to expect. 
And at that point for me, I had three restaurants and I had 90 employees that were all laid off. Wow. And we just didn't know. And our restaurants were not meant for takeout. We're not, we're burger restaurants, right? We're not Mm. meant for fries to sit in a box for a half hour or for 45 minutes when the Grubhub guy picks up three other orders Yeah. went off at your house. Like I fully know that that's not my concept. And so we closed down and going through this, I'm sitting at home thinking, okay, like I need to work on my business right now. Like I need to just keep focusing on what I've been doing. And so during that time, I started diving into my P&Ls, right? Mm. At this point, we've been in business now for 10 years. And I just thought, how can I tighten this up? How can I make this better? Like my sales are pretty stable over the years, which is a really good thing, Mm -hmm. especially after now 11 years. And how do I just make myself more profitable? And that opens up when you're more profitable, a whole bunch of doors, right? Whether that's other locations, it's investing in staff, it's so much. And going through this, i I felt like I figured it out, right? Like on the Mm -hmm. finance side, like I just, I figured it out. Like, all right, it's just these few little tweaks I need to make. During this time, my friend Lauren, who owns also a restaurant, hers is called Snack Attack, mine is Stuffed Burger. She was like a renegade through all this, right? So she, remember I said with the marketing and everything, she stayed open. And so her stuff, her concept is all sandwiches Mm -hmm. and great for delivery, great during the pandemic. And she was renegading through this whole thing. But she also spent time because we had a little bit more free time kind of figuring out how to make her restaurant more profitable. And in this downtime, we opened up online restaurant academy together. And we had a lot of restaurant owners during the pandemic reaching out to us, asking us, what are you doing about PPP? Mm. What are you doing about restrictions? You know, and in Colorado in particular, you know, we went through kind of the gamut of like rules and regulations and the state trying to figure it out and the county trying to figure it out. And kind of what ended up happening is they put us on 50% capacity restrictions, Yep, which is a total killer. Like, I'm cool with the masks, you know, like I'll do what I have to do. But once you start taking my seats away from me, that's revenue. And now I've got to cut staff. I mean, it was terrible. And so we kind of created this community out of this and developed online restaurant Academy just to like lend our expertise and help in the beginning because people didn't know what to do. Yeah. So you, so you were basically helping them initially with the PPP because that was a big thing, right? Like, how do I fill this out? Right. What, what, what am I missing? Am I, am I going to get everything? How, do I, how much money do I get? So that was how you got started was helping them with that. Wow. That's great. Yeah, Just a lot of questions, you know, and I'm not a banker, right? Like I don't, I didn't know all the ins and outs, but all I knew is you need to be first to apply, right? Yeah. Like nobody really knew what was going on in the beginning. No. You've got to get on there and apply for what you can, because we didn't know if this was going to be temporary or like it is now kind of more of a long-term deal. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that seems like, a great way to kind of start a business, right? Like you're immediately solving a problem. Like we need help. And they, they came to you as a trusted source. So did a lot of those folks stay on like, Hey, Oh, by the way, I need help with this. Or what did that relationship look like? Yeah. And we just developed this community and we still kind of have that going and that mm-hmm. community grew and grew and grew. And then during that time, I'm kind of learning social media marketing, right? Like 
how to how to brand this, how to brand yourself. And these people at this time, as we're kind of growing on social media, they're asking us questions and we're going, this is what our clients need. They need help figuring out how to be profitable. They need help with menu design. They need help picking out a location and they need help just with things that, you know, really there aren't a lot of people that specialize in restaurants as consultants, mm, right? Right. Like, you know, you can go to your CPA, right? You can go to a marketing specialist, but restaurants are so specific yeah. that unless you're really in them or you've owned them or worked in them, you don't, you, you really shouldn't give unsolicited advice, right? Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. It's, it's, it used to be so annoying to me when the restaurant owner, when the, uh, our bookkeeper rather would say, you know, Hey, you know, some, maybe you got to cut back on the, this type of cheese or do that. And it was like, man, like, don't just throw shit at the wall for me. Like we got to have some real conversation because some things are able to be sacrificed and some things are not. And then we had a restaurant specific bookkeeper, which is why I'm so adamant about it. Mm -hmm. He's like, let's take a look at your menu. Like what items are you not negotiable on? What are your highest ticket items? Like, let's break it. And I'm like, now this guy kind of gets it. We can talk, you know, and it is so true. You need to have that. You need to have the ability to speak to restaurant owners um, in a way that you can relate to them because otherwise they just glaze over like mm -hmm. anybody else. So I think that's a, that's a huge advantage you have. And I, and I know I, I use that advantage too, to talk to my clients as well. Like I, I'm in it with you. I know what it's like. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, when you have that experience and you've been in it and, you know, Kyle, you know, like there are great times in your restaurant, right? When you're thriving, the sales are coming and everything's lining up perfectly. But there are also those times when you feel like, should I just hit the bottom? Sorry, I probably yeah. shouldn't curse on this. You can one. say whatever the fuck you want to say. It's not a problem. <laughs> this is a restaurant show. We can't, we can't not curse. That would just be weird. I know. <laughs> um, basically, like you hit the bottom and yeah. you don't know how to get out. Like either you figure it out, right? Or you mm -hmm. have a mentor or you have somebody that you can turn to that you're like, how did you, how did you make it through this, right? Yep. And it's there shouldn't be guesswork in restaurants, right? Like, there is somebody that's faced this challenge and there's yeah. a system that somebody has that can help you get through it. Yeah. And that's, it all, it always falls back to systems to me because we had gone to a point where we were looking to expand like big time expansion. And we met with a group and they were like, looks, it's all about the systems gave everything, you know, broke it down to us. But the one thing that sticks with me has been um, that if you don't have any system in place, people are going to basically act how they think the system should be. And if you don't correct it over time, they've basically created a system over top of your system. And now you not only have to build a system, you have to undo the system that your staff made. So yeah. it's, it was like, uh, I forget what it was, but it was like some sort of like acronym, but it was basically that, like they now believe that this is the way it's done. And then you, because you're not on top of things, you let the, the veteran you know, server train them who now train them this bullshit system and now you got to go in and redo it. And then you're the jerk. It's, Oh God, it can get real messy. Yeah. And it happens. It's pretty common. Yeah. It happens to me, right? Like yeah. I'll get caught up in something else and I'm not focusing on this and I've got to get back to it. And I'm like, all right, we got to kind of start over again. You guys like, yeah, this back to square one again. Patience. Right. Just yeah. patience. So with all this craziness that we, we really painted an ugly picture here, or maybe <laughs> I did. Um, how, wh what was it? Cause you said you got started 10 years ago in the restaurant business. What were you doing prior to that? I mean, it's how much more time do we have on the podcast? We haven't, uh, <laughs> yeah, this runs infinitely. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> <laughs> is this the thing you didn't want to talk about? No, I'm just kidding. 
<laughs> they go, all right, we're going to shut her off. Okay. No, um, I grew up in LA, so Southern California yep. um, and started working at this private beach club. It's called the Jonathan club in Santa Monica. And it's like, this super it is expensive. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was a camp counselor there and I was also working at the snack shop. Okay. I kind of like got my feet wet in that, you know? And I'm like, all right, well, I like kids like this part's cool, but I like the snack shop better, you know, and it's shocking because I'm a mom saying that and I love my kids, but I liked the thrill of being in there and, you know, yep. just always being busy. So, you know, fast forward, I moved out to Colorado for school. So I went to CSU, which is the local Colorado state here in mm -hmm. and I ha didn't have a job like right you know fresh into college and i just always like wanted money like mm -hmm. wanted to be good to have yeah right <laughs> and so i started working as a telemarketer oh yeah it was, it was terrible like terrible. i mean it was terrible and i would be like on this headset and i was selling papers right and so papers I newspapers newspapers on the phone wow that on sounds just just where we are now that sounds like three thousand years ago okay well, I, I was born in 80 so let <laughs> let that age That's us so right? crazy. yeah <laughs> but you know i'm selling these newspapers and people would tell me like you're a communist like why why would i buy a Jesus. paper from you like the meanest people so i just said this is enough for me like i can't do this like i need some bucks this is not how i'm making it yeah. Well, I just walked across the street and there was this bar and grill across the street. And when you walk in, it looks like an old kind of old tiny saloon. And so I walked in and the manager on duty, I met with them and I said, Hey, I'm looking for a job. Like I work across the street, but I, I want, like, I have a little restaurant experience. Like I want a job. And he goes, well, you start tonight. what's that? <laughs> you start tonight. Yeah. Yeah. You start tonight. Well, that's not what he said. Oh. He said, for, he said two things. He said, first thing, you're a girl and I don't hire girls. And second thing is you're 18 and you're not even 21. Like, why do you want to work at a bar? And I just said, listen, I'm a hard worker. Give me a chance. Like, I don't care what I have to do. Like, just let me in. Like, give me a shot at this. Like, I, just, I want a job. Like, I'll clean floors, whatever. Yeah. And he goes, all right, cool. You're hired. But as a bouncer. And I'm like, well, okay, whatever. So at this job, you're a bouncer, but you also bust tables, right? Like, it was a, a college bar. Like, this bar was busy, right? So you're, like, checking fake IDs all day. Checking. Like, <laughs> Your friends' like, fake IDs. Yeah, this was, like, 2000, right? So I'm, like, checking IDs. And it's, I mean, they did like quarter drink nights, right? Oh, God. And I, I, I can't tell you, like, the stories that I have about this place. The fights, the drinking, I mean, insane. Oh and God. so basically, I wanted to be a bartender just like every other, you know, 19 year old, right? And he said, You cannot be a bartender here until you start to cook. And then once you cook, when you're good enough at cooking, you can bartend. But this was the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah, like, really. This guy was a hard ass, but it was like great. So then I learned how to cook. And that restaurant was all about burgers. So it was cooking burgers, right? It was behind the oh. grill. Yes. Now so I see where this is going. In. Yeah. So anyways, fast forward that um, I had another manager and he goes, the day I said, I want to be GM. He goes, the day that you're GM is the day I quit. Oh. I made it to GM. I did it. Right. Like after all this, all this time. So I spent like seven years at this place. Oh, it's awesome. It's like but getting I, paid for an education. It's like your master's degree. Yeah, exactly. Right. I didn't finish college. That's the one thing. Right. But I learned all this other experience and real 
real knowledge, right? Of yeah. the industry. Like I chose at an early age that this is what I wanted to do. Like the thrill of being in there, the money coming in, like I loved it. Like I was addicted yeah. to it. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, that's you can't like pay for that experience. That's getting paid for it is if you're gonna be in the industry, that is you know, to find that operator that's willing to give you that leash to let you run a little bit wild. That happened to me when I was in the Caribbean. They were like, you know, you're the chef, but you're also kind of like the the manager and like the food and beverage. You're like every because you can't it's hard to like you think it's hard to find people in the States. Try to find them on an island the size of like a pinhead. It's like so tiny. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, but I learned so much. Like, because I like to see the full picture and see where, like, what we need to do. But yeah, in that instance, you're you're really you you have the full picture. <laughs> I did. Like. Yeah, yeah. I should write a book about all those crazy times. If you can remember them, yeah, that's that's the best. I mean, those stories. I try to think about them all the time. I mean, it's like it's nothing shocking anymore. Like people yeah. say, like, you won't believe what's happening here. I'm like, I bet. I I, I will probably believe it. But yeah. those things are yeah. To me, I was the same way. It, it, it's what attracts me to the industry. It's that something different every day mm-hmm. i can't deal with every day just sitting down and this is the same thing you do every day that's no can't do that yeah there's no way <laughs> i get the feeling yeah i get the feeling you can't either no i can't even sit still during a podcast <laughs> <laughs> so now you're like i'm gonna open up my own place yeah well i was done with the bar you know i'm like that has a shelf life just yeah. like everybody in the restaurant industry you know you're a manager and you get kind of antsy and you think there's something better for me to be doing. And so I actually went on an interview and met a guy who's now my business partner and he owned a sandwich shop and he was just really like forward thinking about the restaurant industry and just was, um, I don't know, excited about it. Right. Like it wasn't like this stale job and he was like, Hey, this is how I want to grow this place. This is what I want to do. And I really bought into that. Like I just thought that was really cool. And he knew business, but he did not know restaurants. Ah. So I worked for him for several years at a sandwich shop. And then we opened up our own restaurant together and it's called stuffed burger bar. That's amazing. Yeah. That is, I mean, pretty much the most straightforward path that I've seen and made the most sense, you know, that's, that's a lot of times you don't see people with that full rounded experience stepping into an ownership role because it's, that to me is another major factor in people not having great success in a restaurant is they think that they can cook or they worked in one place for some time in one position and they think they know everything. And then all of a sudden it's like, uh, who's paying the bills? Who's doing yeah. the payroll? Uh, why don't we have any cash in the bank? Like it's, it's really wild that the, how, how many restaurants go through the same thing and don't seem to want too much help. Yeah. You know, and I, I agree with the well-rounded, you know, I mean, I'm a female, so you probably wouldn't typically think this, but even just like stepping into the kitchen, if somebody's sick, right. Or like, I think that as a restaurant owner, you need to have worked oh, every yeah. job in your restaurant. Like I can flip a burger. If my chef calls out and there's nobody else, guess who's back there? Like I'm not closing for a day, you yeah, know, like no. you get your butt in there. And so like, like the own, the restaurant ownership, I just think that you're right. You're right. People have misconceptions of I'm going to step into this. I'm going to cash in my 401k. I'm going to make this be just an investment for myself. And it and they're like shocked on. I mean, the arm, the hair, my arm stand up because that is like the worst idea ever. And it's scary. I mean, it's it's uh, it's seemingly getting I I don't know. I think it's getting better. But when, when we were younger, I feel like that was just the way that it was done. Like, that's what you do. You work in it until you die in it right these people were working in these restaurants for forever and some of them made very decent livings but um 
I think we we learned over time that you got to be you got to wear a lot of hats, and now you can add like you were talking about before, digital marketer, tech person onto that. You know, plumber, line cook, sous chef, general manager, bartender, host this role. Yeah. Um, are you seeing a lot of your clients shifting to, or have you personally done any tech pivots that are specifically related to what happened with COVID? Yes, actually. So, you know, I use Toast. And I'm a big fan of the toast system. It just like, it makes everything easier. Yeah. Like, like they figured it out. Like I was using micros forever and not to knock Ugh. on micros, right? I'll but knock on micros for you. <laughs> it's just Awful. like, like we outgrew that, right? Like, and I feel <sighs> like toast figured it out. Like they just, the pay at the table, the QR codes, like my menu at stuffed is like, we do build your own burgers, right? So like one ticket, like one burger is like 10 modifiers, right? Like the, it's intense. And so I was always like, oh, I can't use one of these like fancy systems. I was trying to keep it old school. I'm like, no, I've got to make this technology leap too. Everybody's doing it. It's, you know, and it's awesome. And so I have seen this technology leap as far as people getting these like tablet based systems and to be able to analyze real time data and to be able to have something that's integrated with Grubhub and DoorDash and email marketing, like it need, like we're too far into this. Like everything should be integrated, you know. Uh, and if you yeah. don't have an integrated system, you really should get one. Yeah, I mean, I it, Toast has been. It's almost like now people are like, oh, of course you use Toast while you, yeah, yeah, and and they don't. It's to me, the timing was we had opened up a my second restaurant sort of just before the pandemic and we were doing well and we were using whatever one, I mean, we got in there for like basically nothing. We assumed the business, we took it over, rebranded and we were ready to go, but we were struggling with this POS and then we just dropped in toast and then you added in the loyalty program and the, the native delivery stuff. And it was all nothing. There was no other addition of anything. And it got rid of the iPads. I was like, this is it. I love it. Yeah. I mean, my handhelds are, you know, the size of a, oh, yeah. like Those they're are awesome. So great. Yeah. Um, so you implemented Toast as as a result of the pandemic, and now you have all the integrations. How do you guys handle delivery at your restaurant? So we do. It's all integrated. So we use the KDS, those big screens in the kitchen, yep. and so it just shoots straight to the kitchen, straight to my chefs, you know. And so the people come that's in, so deliveries. It's just, and that's how it should be, right? We shouldn't have like eight external printers that oh are all God, printing these awful. tickets, and like you're having nightmares about ticket printing. <laughs> like no <laughs> do you remember when it was like they would the uber thing would come and then you had to enter the order into the pos and then it would send and then oh my god that was i mean i remember there was a guy he had a like a microphone stand it was actually very creative and then all the ipads were like at 45 degree angles to each other and i was like dude that is i mean it's very creative but there's good there has to be some technology coming to solve this that is awful yeah yeah i'm glad we made that leap that was much needed <laughs> yeah so anything else i mean have you guys like driven social media more, build the email list. Like how do you guys currently like, cause I think one of the big takeaways from the pandemic was, or it has been um, the importance of marketing to your customers outside the four walls. Like seems to me like you're a great host. Like you would, you love to see people come in. You have a great personality, but when you can't do that, what did you guys turn to doing or what are you suggesting that your clients do? It's it, if you have a full shutdown, I mean, it's tough, but I think you still have to get your brand name out there. Like you still have to do that. I don't oh, yeah. think, I think we know better to go into shutdown, but I think our government knows better that that was not the right plan of action. I think we <sighs> lost way too much than we 
I don't want to say then we gained because it was tough, you know, it was a yeah. tough, people were sick, right? But yep. it was also devastating for our economy. So I don't think we'll go back to that, you know, but well, what I will say is, what did you do during that time? Did you show your loyal customers that you care about them and caring about them is marketing toward them, right? Absolutely. It's, yep. How do we adapt? How do we still support our customers, even if we're shut down or have limited access to things? So for my brands, I kept on marketing throughout the entire thing. Even when I was closed, I still did social media marketing because it's still important to have oh, your yeah. out there. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the best things I saw where the chefs who were behind some of these restaurants, even your local restaurants, like cooking some of their dishes at home. Mm -hmm. And like I saw still my favorite thing to this day was um, a restaurant who made this great pasta dish and they would say like, okay, on Monday, they would say, here's what you need to buy. And they took this really cool picture from the top down of like, this is how much pasta you need, this is how much cheese you need, this is how many garlic, onions, whatever it was. And then tune in on Thursday at six o'clock and we're going to make it. And I was like, wow, that is genius. And I, I haven't seen it since then. And I think a lot of a lot of restaurants will now they're back to doing what they do. But I would love to see that kind of come back. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I think that a lot of the chefs and restaurant owners were super inventive on, you know, what are we doing right now during this downtime, right? And, you know, I saw the cocktail kits. I mean, that was all really neat, you know? That was and awesome. Yeah, and all that, you know, transfers over and it carries in with that brand loyalty, you know? And it's all about, like, there's too much competition right now. Like, whatever area you're in, somebody's trying to get what you have, right? Yeah. Like, if you're a restaurant owner, somebody oh, yeah. wants it, you know? And they're going to try to take a piece out of that every single day. Yep. So like for me being open for 11 years, I do not take that for granted. Like yep. not one day and you have to keep reinventing yourself and keep pushing and keep marketing. And you don't have to spend, you know, thousands of dollars on marketing. You can do it yourself. Like yep. you really can. Right. But it's just, you have to keep doing it. It has to be consistent. Yeah. And it's not, you know what happens? I think a lot of owners, it's not a priority because it's not what they like to do. Mm -hmm. Right. Like they don't like to market. They don't know how to take a great picture and they don't want to pay anybody to do it. Sometimes they don't realize the importance. But to me, I think that's the biggest overall comment is that in terms of your to do list, I think marketing has moved up to the top because everyone's so worried about competing with other brands, with ghost kitchens, virtual concepts, whatever the case is. But to me, you you win the battle competing on experience. I think like your experience and showing people that the experience of coming into your store is so much better than ordering from anybody these other ghost kitchens or or just delivery only concepts or whatever because i think that's what people missed is that connection and that hospitality when we shut down mm -hmm. you know we weren't starving we knew how to cook and eat at the grocery store we want to hang out with you at your restaurant we're going to talk to the bartender and i think that's how the independent restaurants kind of win this game yeah and i think that you know you just have to figure it out you have to figure out what your niche is stick with your niche and keep pushing you know but overall aside from the marketing kyle you and i both know you have to have a good product and you have to have oh, yeah. always comes down to that. Like people will spread that word of mouth for you. And that word of mouth might be different, right? It might be Instagram, you know, it might be somebody checks in on Facebook or Snapchat, whatever. But like the reality is, is if they come in and they don't get what's advertised, they're not telling anybody. Oh, yeah. What's the point? <laughs> yeah. It's the same thing. I, I say it all the time too. It's like those people who take pictures with like the fake private jets and the the Lamborghinis that they rent for the day and they're like entrepreneurs and the fake stacks of cash and everything. What's going to happen when we meet you in real life? Mm -hmm. Like, because it's the same thing with the food. If your burger on, on 
Instagram looks one way, but when I get it, I mean, we that used to be the joke all the time. The McDonald's picture on the board was looking. Why does my, you know, my Big Mac doesn't look like that? And I think that's the same thing applies to social media. The authenticity and stuff definitely matters. And and if it's a quality product, I think you got to speak to it. That helps too. I agree. So what are you, what, what's, what's the plan here? What's the five-year plan for stuff? What's the five-year plan for the online restaurant Academy? Oh gosh. You know what? I mean, we didn't really touch on this, but I had three locations at one point. Yeah. And now I've got one. What it's, happened there? Was it a landlord issue or what? what? No, no. And you, Kyle, you'll understand this. Like, so we grew and we grew fast, right? In a good way. Like it mm-hmm. actually was very positive, but we, we were very fortunate in purchasing some real estate over the years. Nice. And if I had a good piece of advice, I'm sure you'd give your clients the same thing. If you can purchase, purchase, mm-hmm. like if you have that opportunity, do that. And so we grew to three locations and then we decided to change things up a little bit during the Mm -hmm. pandemic, which probably was not the best play. Um, And so we switched our one concept into brew pubs and, you know, the thinking of this is going away soon was the wrong attitude, right? Like the pandemic in our area has just, it's still affecting things. Yeah. So we're renting out two of the locations, which is great. And so for somebody else, it's going to be a great opportunity. And then for myself and my business partner, we're going to be landlords. So that's going to be new and interesting. And that's your consulting piece, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Like I know how much you should be spending on rent. I, you know, like, yeah, right. Well, that, that's actually a very important point because when I take clients out and I don't do this so much when I first started, I was more independent people looking in the market and I would ask for their sales. They would get like offended. But now, you know, as a landlord, like I'm asking your sales and see if you can afford the rent. And you're not going to lose leverage in by saying this is what I think the rent should be, yeah, especially like in your situation where you were the owner operator. But they're like, well, you know, I do about this or but here I think I can do this. No, no, no. What do you do now? That's what we need to know. And it, it's a, that's a key thing to understand. And, and now as a landlord, I'm sure maybe you have a different feeling about that. Yeah. I mean, you just, and we don't want tenants to come in that aren't going to be successful. You know, that's the other piece is like, mm-hmm. I, like I don't, I'm not going to get you into this also too, if I, if I don't think you're going to do well and yeah. people that have second locations, I always say, well, can your first one cover it at least mm-hmm. for six months, you know, because it might take you a little bit to get on your feet, just like any other business. Well, yep. so yeah, I think, you know, that is just experiencing that myself and understanding that. And then kind of pivoting back to like the one that I have now, I have to tell you, and I don't want to say this because I love growth and I just, I'm, I'm a firm believer in multiple occasions if you can support them, but I like having one. Yeah. I like it. Well, that's a big misconception is that you think you're going to have more, you're going to make a lot more money. It's going to be that whole, whole deal. But mm-hmm. if the systems aren't there, man, it, it can be painful. Yeah. And the staff, you know, during the oh, pandemic, yeah. it was tough to get staff. So then, you know, the owners are rushing around trying to do jobs that were salaried positions that we couldn't afford because we weren't back to those sales numbers that we were originally at. And it's like, this isn't how this should be. Like, I'm not, I'm not doing this for like two more years, you know, and yeah. you accept that like, we're in this pandemic situation. How do I turn this into a positive and kind of what came out of it is my staff funneled into the one restaurant that I have and they're happier. I'm happier and we're more profitable as a whole because the one focus is on the yeah. one. It was like such a good thing. Yeah, we were, we had um, two locations and we were short on the management and they were running back and forth. And it was only like six miles apart, but it was 
it might as well have been across the country. They were, when they came from one to the other, they were like, uh, got to start here all over again. It's it's the staffing piece. I know is still being worked out. Are you guys seeing any, any in uptick in, in activity there or still status quo? We're good. Yeah, we're good now. I mean, it's finally just coming back. I feel like just the, you know, the unemployment, at least in Colorado was an issue for such a long amount of time. Like they yeah. had the extended benefits, which for some were needed for others was not needed. So yeah. I think that the state had a hard time figuring that out. Now that that's done, people feel safe being at work um, and they want to make money, you know, so we're, we're seeing all that come back. Nice. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah. Making money, making money will help. Um, so what else, what else? Well, I don't want to keep you too long. You obviously have multiple businesses, multiple uh, things going on. So um, how can somebody get a hold of you for the online restaurant Academy? How does that whole, whole process work? So we're just all Instagram based at this point. We do a little TikTok, but I'm not like you, Kyle. Like you're on the TikTok. You, you, have to. You're, you got TikTok all over you. No, you're all over it. You've got these thousands of views. I'm watching you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Somebody said to me the other day, like, I just binge watched your TikTok. I'm like, oh, geez. Okay. Okay. But yeah, it, you know, all jokes aside, it's a great platform to give tidbits of information. So you got to get on there. Yeah. I'm sure you can. Just got to get on a roll. You'll get, you'll get comfortable with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so it's just one more thing, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm on Instagram at, I'm at restaurant chick. And then we have online restaurant Academy. Um, my business is stuffed burger as well. And so for the online restaurant Academy, just follow us. Like we're just at this point offering a bunch of content for you to listen to. Hopefully it makes your restaurant better. And then if you want to sign up for our Academy, we do like a six week boot camp. Mm-hmm. That's right now for startups. So we take you like through the whole thing and just basically paint the picture and give you all the information that Lauren and myself have condensed over yeah. time experience in this. Like you can go to school for hospitality, you know, you can, you can have your culinary degree. That's all great. But for somebody to teach you what it's actually going to be like, that's why you should sign up with us. Yeah, that's exactly what that's exactly what I say is I'm going to tell you. You can, yeah, you can definitely Google how to write a restaurant business plan. You can Google how to open a restaurant, but you need to hear from, at least me, like that's where my thought is. I need to hear from somebody who's walked in those shoes so that I can see like, wow, this is, sounds like something I can do or something I can't do. So that's great uh, perspective. Um, that's great. So now you're just going to go off to the restaurant today. That's it that you're, you're ready to rock right now. You, that's yeah. how your day starts. Well, no, you know what? I have two little kids. Thankfully, along the way I got married and have two kids because- <laughs> Like this to find a, yeah, that somebody who understands why are they, is your husband in the restaurant business? No, thank okay. God. <laughs> no, we have one normal person in the house. Nice. Um, two kids. No, yeah. So, I mean, I love restaurants, but the restaurants can like, when you're so committed to it, like this industry, like sometimes you'd forget that you kind of have to stop and be normal a little bit oh, and yeah. try to, you know, have a normal life. So thankfully I met my husband. I have two little kids, five and seven. So I'm trying to, now that I have one restaurant, let my staff do what they do so well. Mm. And my chef do what he, my chef is the best guy ever. And I just let him have the reins because I know, I know that he's good for the restaurant. And when you have good people, you have to give them control. You have to supervise them. Right. But like, and I call them my kids, but these kids are wonderful. Like they get it. I share my P&Ls with them. I share everything with these guys, you know? And so I can kind of be with my family a little bit more and not have yeah, these emergencies yeah. because they do well for me. And so my focus next year is to keep pushing, keep working, but it's also to 
be a mom and to be a wife and to have a normal life, you know? Yeah. That's why I always say, you know, there's a big difference from being a restaurant owner and a restaurant entrepreneur because restaurant owner to me is literally chained to the place. Like that's how I envision it in my head. A restaurant entrepreneur is a little bit higher level looking down and kind of making it work. And I think that's some people can't get off that, that chain forever, but it sounds like you're, you're, you're doing, I mean, two kids, two businesses. That's you got something figured out. So you should, people should definitely be listening to what you have to say. Thank you, Kyle. I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah. And you're working on TikTok. So I'll see you on there shortly. I'm looking forward to that. Okay. Um, all right. So make sure you guys are hitting up on Instagram following. And if you're in Fort Collins, swing by and get a burger. Yeah. Right? Stuff burger bar right in Old Town. It's beautiful. That's awesome. Um, all right. Thank you so much for the time. I appreciate it. I'm glad we finally had a chance to connect and um, happy holidays. Thank you, Kyle. You too. All right. Take care. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye.